Well, we are back. We have a new flat racing summer podcast starting stalls. And once again, Daryl Carter, you join me. We have no third member of the team. Hopefully we'll get some guests throughout the summer, but it's just me and you to go hopefully through some eye catches, some stories for the weeks and what's going to happen, what's happened already. Loads of stuff coming on. I'm so happy to be back. How are you? Oh, good. You must be dreading this. Just me and you. Well, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't no, going to ask you why, but then now I realise, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, they must be paying you a hell of a fortune to do this with me. <laughs> well, I can't reveal my fee, but it's pretty good. Yeah, can't. Yeah, us tipsters should get paid in spit and insult. But we get paid in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. No, hopefully, um, hopefully not uh, too many uh, arguments throughout the, the coming weeks. But we've got some... Uh, Loads of good racing, as we know, throughout the summer. And I suppose big racing this weekend, perfect time to start. We've got the Oaks and the Derby, which we'll obviously have a, a, a bit of a talk about in a while, but it's a, a perfect place to sort of kick off the, the new podcast. I suppose loads of big festivals up and coming. Yeah, absolutely. And I can't wait to see your insight in this because when we did the Jumps podcast, it was sort of like I was like pushing with the time figures and stuff like that. But you... You love the flat race and you are mm-hmm. you are so knowledgeable about these horses, these two-year-olds, obviously the other half of the great Kevin Stott, who's got some big, big rides this season and is doing a fantastic job. So your insight is going to be uh, going to be very, very, not that it wasn't at Cheltenham, but it was going to be very, very valuable, uh, particularly to me, Megan. Yeah, you know, and you know that I always bring the trusty pen to make notes when I speak to yeah, you. Yeah, so. pencil down some notes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, a few, few eye catches from the weekend gone by. Um, do you want me to kick off? I bought three with me this week. Three? Yeah, cool. Well, I mean, we've got we've got a couple definitely to discuss. Um, kick on. Where do you want to start? Yeah, Richard Hannon's Dawn of Liberation, I thought, was a massive eye catcher at Doncaster in the 405 on Saturday. He yes, finished fourth. But yeah, he finished fourth at 18 to one. But Look, this is this this horse was not suited by Gannon Chester. He was due to run at Newbury, but was uh, was pulled out before that. Um, I'm not entirely sure why. Self cert, I think. Uh, but he went to Chester. He was just outpaced the entire way around that seven furlong track. They're quite um, always on the turn at Chester, as you know. Uh, he's quite a big horse, but once he got in a straight, he really really picked up. Now he scored third time out last year, and mm. uh, I would forgive his return run at Newmarket. He just doesn't seem to like it at that venue. The undulations don't seem to suit him. Never get into it off the pace uh, on seasonal return, but he looked like he was going to drop out the back of the telly, Meg, and he stayed on really strongly. I think there's a victory in him, uh, like in the immediate. He's more one for the immediate future rather than one to sort of follow for the next three or four weeks. He's ended up at Not- Nottingham on Sunday. Um, I think he'll go very well there, up to a mile. That track will suit him a bit better. Nice long home straight there at Nottingham. Pretty fair track. Um, and he's been given back nine pounds since he went off favourite for a listed contest at Epsom under Ryan Moore last year. So. Look, he's handicapped to have a say. I think he's coming to the boil uh, and perhaps not one to follow for the next few weeks, but the immediate future, if he goes in, if he goes, takes his entry up at Nottingham on Sunday, I think he could take a bit of stopping. Yeah, interesting. He's also, had, that was his second run since a wind operation at Chester and sometimes takes them a, a run or two just to, I suppose, trust that their breathing um, has been helped and, you know, they kind of... Yeah happy to go back through that sort of pain barrier again if you like so that wind operation clearly helped him like you say ran on really well so he's he's an interesting one and I suppose want to like keep an eye on if he does get declared for uh Sunday at Nottingham 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, a couple more I've got. Um, they're probably horses to... Well, they're definitely horses to follow. Um, Yalkalef, Yal, Yal is that how you say it? Yalkalef, my pronunciation. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Paul and Ollie Coles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is a really highly progressive horse. I mean, look, he was a, like everyone and every man and their dog see that he steamed home from Goodwood off the off the pace. But the interesting thing about that race is the winner, Urban Sprawl, set some really decent fractions. They didn't go far too hard at up in front so the race didn't fall into his lap it was really solid fractions and to be able to quicken up when they're not stopping at the front like he did i thought marked him down as a serious horse something like the buckingham palace could suit him as three-year-old plus handicap there i think three-year-olds get about nine pounds but yeah good weight allowance yeah he's a, you don't see too many three-year-olds in it either and i think he could be uh he could be very interesting if he was to go there he's a horse to, to follow for for much of this season I think um, he's a lovely progressive horse so yeah Yao Kalef nice horse yeah interesting to see what they do whether they keep him against his own age or whether they do get that uh, weight for age allowance so it'd be interesting again like you say one to keep an eye on will he go to Ascot will he wait who knows yeah. we'll is see. it a negative options. is it a negative would you think for, for these three roles to be taken on their elders at this stage in the season would you prefer to see it later on in the year or oh it's, it's so tricky isn't it I think it's probably, I think it's fair to say, it depends on each individual horse. You know, if they're quite strong, they're quite mature mentally and physically, and, you know, the trainer and connections feel that they are ahead of their handicap mark, then absolutely, you know, take full advantage of that weight for age allowance. Yeah. But if they're a horse that is maybe physically a bit weak or is improving, but taking on elder, stronger, more mature horses might just be a step too fast. So I think... It probably depends totally on each individual horse. And also, I think it depends on the trip as well. You know, six furlongs or a mile and a half, it's a totally different type of scenario. Yeah, that, and that's getting, a good point. That's interesting. You know, just, the sprinters are probably a bit more robust, aren't they? And taking on the younger younger horses are probably going to be a bit tougher, would you think? Or, or yeah, a bit I harder do, for the younger horses, rather? Yeah, I do. I absolutely think so. You know, when you're stepping, when you're stepping up, against hardier sprinters that run so regularly they have so much further experience than your average say three-year-old type of sprinter so i think it's a massive advantage for the older horses despite the weight uh, weight for age whereas over a longer distance you know you can have a three-year-old that's run five times you can also have a four-year-old that's only run five times you know they tend to be you know spread out with their runs a lot more and they are the type of horse that get more time before they race anyway so yeah and i, yeah, I think it's fair to say it's different yeah, Oviedo proved your point exactly there when he went and won the Zetland Gold Cup um, uh, just recently, you know, the other day on Monday. Um, first three-year-old, I think, in 27 years to go and do it, but he won it very comfortably getting £14 mm. weight for age out. So, yeah, your point is exactly proven there. So that's interesting. That's going to be my first note of this podcast, Meg. Don't back <laughs> youngsters against older sprinters. <laughs> I think the, the, the problem is as well, though, with some of the sprinters, the, the programme's not brilliant. For, for the Colts and Geldings, there's more options. If you've got a filly as a three-year-old who is the six furlong horse, ideally, she's in a really tricky position because ultimately there is not many races that are suitable for three-year-old fillies or three-year-old fillies only. So they have to take on all the fillies or they have to take on the boys. So that's a really tricky course to have. And a lot of the time you can sort of lose a three-year-old filly yeah. and then they end up 
like really coming back as a four-year-old when they are that year stronger and, and physically improved. Yeah, Meg, you mentioned about the, the, the older, the younger horse taking on the older horses. Um, this lad is probably not going to take on any older horse at Royal Ascot. He's going to go for the Norfolk, but elite status, I don't care where he goes. This is an absolute flying machine. You were there that day, I think, uh, at Sandown. Um, and Jesus, was you impressed? Was you impressed on the track as much as I was at home? Yeah, it was a really impressive performance. Um, I think more than anything, I was impressed with how he handled himself in the prelims and also afterwards. He physically is an absolute monster of a two-year-old. He's by Havana Gray, who Carl Burke obviously trained himself. And Carl sort of thinks that this horse is Scopia bigger, stronger than Havana Gray, which is quite a statement to make, you know. Um, but he's a, a beautiful horse and his performance was seriously impressive. Yeah, it was a race that I looked at beforehand and I thought, Jesus, this is a decent race. Like, I know the last few years, those national state races at, at Sandown, we've they've sort of dipped in quality a little bit. But this year, I thought it was right up there. I thought it was mm -hmm. probably the strongest two-year-old race we, we, we've seen so far this season. And uh, he, he's around, he was two to one for the Norfolk on the Betfair Sports, but he's now seven to four. People have taken that two to one there. I mean, Jesus, this is, this, like, like I went through the last 10 years of the Norfolk winners, right, just quickly, and no horse previous to coming into the race has recorded an RPR in the triple digits. He recorded an RPR of 108, and that would have won mm -hmm. eight of the last 10 Norfolk running. So, look, he's got to have a massive, massive chance. I'm not picking out Peeping Toms from a bush here with this one, but elite status is definitely the, definitely a horse to keep on side, isn't he? I actually think that they were saying um, afterwards it, it was the quickest time since Havana Gray himself. Jesus. Um, so, yeah, it was a really quick time. You know, he was out in front on his own for the last furlong as well. If he had anything to push him, could he have won by further? Yeah, I'd, I'd have said so. So, ultimately, yeah, very impressive performance. Carl Burt's really keen on the Norfolk. Said he can easily step up to six furlongs at some stage, but no need for it right now. So, he is one definitely um, that's got an exciting future. And, um, yeah, I, I think once you actually see him in the flesh as well, I think you'll be taken away even more by him. He was... Yeah, he's a monster. I think that's fair to say. Okay. Um, another two-year-old actually that, that caught my eye, I'm not sure if you saw at Haydock, was um, Thunder Blue. He's, he was a breeze-up purchase. Um, he's gone to Dominic French Davis, and he is an ammo racing two-year-old. Now, it probably seems, sounds as if I'm being slightly biased here, but <laughs> to be honest, I'm trying to look at it from every angle. But he was an eye-catcher regardless of connections um, at, at Haydock on Thursday when he was drawn a bit out on the wing, ended up tucking in behind a few who unfortunately were going backwards at a time he needed to start a, start going forwards and just got stuck for a bit of room. But when he actually got out, I mean, he absolutely took He must have made up 10 plus lengths in the last furlong. Yeah, look, I'll, look, in this podcast, if I do feel like you're being biased, I'm 100% going to call you out on it, right? I'm willing to do are. that. I'm willing to put my neck on the line and get it chopped off by you down the line. But you are 100% right here. This could not have been... I mean, the, the phrase of win, a winner and waiting is, you know, described yeah. by this performance, really. It was it was quite remarkable. He skipped the path. He was very green. thought Kevin did, him, did really well to try and keep him settled. He was pretty, you know, looking for a sort of a way through. Kev was trying to give him a lot of cover. Um, but once he pulled him out into that gap, it looked like he had just joined in the race. Mm. And, and and I was quite impressed with it, given given how much he sort of did wrong in the early stages of the race. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that race will work out fairly well as as well. It'd be very interesting where he's going to go next. Do you have any line about where they're thinking with him? 
I'm not too sure. Obviously, he finished second. So will he go to Ascot? Will you know? It's getting to that point now where it's getting close enough for for a horse to have a run and then go to Ascot after. So I'm not too sure what the um, immediate plan is with him, but I know that he's a horse that they think plenty of in the future. If he was, for example, going to have a, a Coventry entry, North Country, whichever way you go, he would be one of the first to potentially be balloted if it's a full field because he hasn't won yet. So two-year-olds that have already got a, a victory next to the name, they get preference. So it'd be interesting to see the Norfolk. I don't actually think it was a full field the last couple of years. So, you know, whether you step him back to five, but do you want to take on elite status? Look, I don't know what the plan is, but that is obviously the angle to sort of bear in mind is that he's not definite to get a run because he hasn't actually had his head in front. So either way, whatever he does, he's a he's a lovely horse for the future. And interestingly, the winner, the Camden Colt, has been declared to run at Epsom um, on Friday. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And the, the, the best thing about this, these types of horses that you're picking up here, Meg, is that look, if he goes to Royal Ascot, he's going to be a price. You know, he hasn't won yet, as you've mm-hmm. mentioned. If he gets the run... He's going to be a fair price. And this this lad's got some talent, I'll tell you that now. So, um, yeah, in, very, very interesting that you you picked him out here. Um, he's by Blue Point, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's by Blue Point, who's had a great start to his first yeah. season as a sire. Um, you know, that he's he's thrown out plenty of winners already. And like what I like about them is they're not small two-year-olds that don't look like they've got a future. You know, he's, he's stamped them pretty well. They're all big, strong, powerful hind quarter on them. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's a side that's definitely worth noting. I mean, you know, not, he's not dissimilar to a Havana Gray and a Memas. You know, they're yeah. those type of horses that they're stamped by their side. They've got a bit of scope about them too. So um, he's he's a side that I'm certainly impressed with so far this season. Brilliant. Do you want one to oppose next on? Well, yeah, go on then. Yeah, God, you've seen this on the running order sheet and she is rubbing her hands together. She can't wait to have a go at me here. Uh, this is Aidan O'Brien's Unquestionable. We won a six-fern on Maiden at the Curra. Um, was it the Curra? I think it yeah. was the Curra. Yeah. yeah. Um, big talking horse of Twitter after this went and scooted away. But the time was very slow. He, there was two following six on contests on the card. Um, one of them was obviously won by Art Power. The other was the Marble Hill. He was six lengths slower than a Marble Hill winner. Mm. And he was around 12 lengths slower than Art Power. And I just felt he had the run of the race. I thought he was always in the correct position. I thought he had the rail on his left-hand side. He edged towards the rail, which sort of would help him keep him straight. He was one of the first off the bridle. I thought he made quite hard work of it. Granted, he picked up. I'm not saying he's not going to turn out to be a decent horse, but this is an Aidan O'Brien horse that's won by a bit of a distance, an unexposed horse that... You know, if he was to have a run before he goes to the Coventry, 16 to 1 for the Coventry, if he was to have that run before he goes to the Coventry, which I'm not sure if he will or not, um, then he's going to be a very, very short price. And I think there's good reason to oppose him just on on, on the speed figure. And they're talking about six furlongs is not going to be his trip. So if he's kept to that yeah. trip, I'd be, I'd be quite keen to take him on. Yeah, I know. To be fair, I agree with what you're saying about the Coventry because he doesn't shout out to me as the typical Coventry type of horse. But I think we have to look at him in a couple of different angles. One is Aidan O'Brien's two-year-olds. We see them improve huge amounts from, from first to second start. So I think when one wins quite impressively, it shows the natural ability that they have. Like you say, he was off the bridle quite early and took a while for the penny to drop. But once the penny did drop and he dropped his head and he really started to lengthen, you can't sort of knock the way he did then pull clear of the field. So Ultimately, to me, he looks like a big horse who's probably going to be a miler that has won 
eventually pretty impressively on his first start. Now, like I say, do I think he's going to go and win the Coventry? No, I would probably be with you and oppose him there. But do I think he could be a pretty smart horse? Yes, absolutely. Because I think it was the fashion in which he did it and the length of his stride doesn't suggest whatsoever that he's a sprinter. He looked all a miler in time. So, you know, I think he's it's too early to rule him out as being a good horse. But do I think, like I say, the Coventry is his sort of be all and end all? No. If he yeah. didn't actually go to Ascot, I wouldn't necessarily be surprised because I just think it's hard, isn't it? It's Ascot. They, you know, people like to run. But if, if he avoided that, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised because I think he's all about the future. Yeah, I look, I agree. I do want to do want to have a good um, argument about this but um i'm looking just looking at from the sort of perspective of next time out next time, yeah, sure. and, and with royal ascot on the horizon it's very difficult to like see a horse but i suppose having a, a run quick quick enough run especially in aiden o'brien two-year-old he's just put up a performance like that but yeah okay so different opinions there but you suggest perhaps one for the future don't don't just mm. dismiss him off the next but off the back of the next run which yeah, is interesting. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah, fair. yeah, yeah. I think so. If he did go to the commentary and finish sixth, I still wouldn't be thinking that he's not not any good. Do you know what I mean? I think he could be a, a proper horse. And wherever he goes, even if he did run in the Coventry, I could see him being a bit outpaced, a bit unbalanced, and running on through horses anyway. So, but he's one. I just I think he's a, a big backward weak horse still who could be smart in in the future. So he's one to not just totally give up on. It's mad to think we're giving up on a horse that's already won first time out of Brexit. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah, definitely know what you're saying. Um, okay, so they are kind of like our main eye catches from the last week. I think, from my point of view, Elite Status is the elite horse of that bunch. Um, so really looking forward to keeping an eye on where all of those go and, and, and what happens with all of them. Hopefully we can see them all heading to Ascot and we can soon figure out how right or wrong we are. Yeah, um, we ain't keeping no profit and loss on this either. You know, I've got about six or seven profit and loss running at the minute. I can't have a podcast one as well. So uh, these are just yeah, like, okay. these are just, you know, these are eye catches that I think should be winning in the future. Um, I think they're definitely horses worth keeping on side. Again, the same with you. I think we're trying to, we'll try and build a book of horses where we think could have a good season um, or at least win next time out and try and earn people a few quid, I think. Yeah, well, like you say, the, the the most likely horse of those to come out soon is Dawn of Liberation, who could well be seen at Nottingham on this weekend. Yeah. Um, okay, so a few topics away from eye catches that are worth bringing up and having a bit of a discussion on. Um, the first one, Bank Holiday Weekend. We didn't have an awful lot going on um, on Sunday. What's your opinion on that? What a joke. Is it, is it not like... Like this does wind me up. This is why it's one of the topics, just so I can get it off my chest. I guess um, it it winds me up that we lose. We've got a bank holiday weekend, and racing doesn't take full advantage of it. Now, what they do is they put. They've done it for the last couple of years. They they put no racing on the Sunday, and they flood Monday with racing. Mm. Right now, so, so no flat racing in the UK. Yes, there was a couple of jump meetings, yeah. but no flat. There was a couple of jump races, but it was barely any runners. Um, I think Kelso had 31 runners for seven races. Like it was pretty yeah, much bad. of a non-event. But um, yeah, like it, it just the program really, especially when it comes to bank holiday racing, it, it bugs the hell out of me. This is the prime opportunity to bring people in, family days, etc., or you know, and just just promote. And the Sunday should be the big day. And I tell you yeah. why, because as well as as you know, us in the real world, when it's bank holiday Sunday. 
we get lashed on a Sunday, recover on a Monday, go recover on a Monday, get ready to go back to work, right? That's when everyone's going out on a Sunday. Go out, get pissed on a Sunday. Monday morning. We don't want everyone to come racing to get lashed, though. I'm Let's not make that sa- I'm not saying they have to. I'm just saying it's no. an option to. But when people are... if when people are doing other things on a Sunday and there's no racing, they're going to get lashed somewhere else. And on the Monday, they're too hungover. They want to get ready. The kids are ready to go back to return to work. You know, it's their last, last day off after a long weekend. No one really wants to go out racing. So look, it, it for me, it just, every time I see these fixture lists and all these stupid things that the BHA want to try and do, it just emphasizes to me that they're not from the real world. I mean, it's, it's, it's very, very difficult to put a big bank holiday Sunday event on at race courses around the country you'll attract loads of people get mm. through the door opportunities for education uh, in a the sport there's so much opportunities there but instead this bank holiday sunday we had 31 runners at, at, at kelso i think the biggest field size at fontwell was five runners like it's just it, it's 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 ridiculous really i mean i don't i don't know about you but obviously your, your dad is he is he I can't imagine he's calling for more summer jumps fixtures, is he? No, we have a small team for the summer. You know, he loves Newton Abbott. We send the odd one to Worcester. But, you know, Newton Abbott's the sort of summer playground, I suppose. Um, But he has a select few horses in. Now, obviously, some trainers have their main team of horses in, in, in the summer. But I don't think we need to add to the summer racing jumps racing that's for sure what, what i just think is a bit crazy is was it on thursday we had five flat meetings and yet on like you say the bank holiday sunday there was nothing i mean i'm not saying we should have lots of sunday racing at all but i agree with you when it's a bank holiday i think there's good opportunity you know in a when is it a few weeks time there's a, a windsor on the saturday sunday and monday now i can guarantee and I, we know Windsor for a Monday evening. We know that. So yeah. that gets that gets pretty busy. But I could guarantee that Saturday and Monday at Windsor will all be really busy. And, you know, fair play to Windsor. Brilliant. But I bet if they were allowed the opportunity, they would have loved to have racing Sunday and Monday just gone too, yeah. rather than just the Monday. Because it's, it's the perfect opportunity, like you say, to fill up. It's great for the race courses and, and it gets lots of people in. So, yeah, look, it's frustrating. We know that there's stuff going on with a fixture list um changes for next year some of it just seems totally bonkers we're gonna have sunday nights at sutherland february fabulous um <laughs> but like you know like it's just some stuff is is, is just madness it'll be in the sky how it's, everything goes on again just letting you know that then they're, they're, they're just not from the real world really are they well, they're not living in the real world are they but unfortunately not but yeah. anyway Carol, they can't all be geniuses like us do you know what i mean well, like, if it. we were in charge it'd be no problems easy work light work <laughs> He's work. Um, okay, so another topic, kind of um, in a way, back to some of our runners, the Irish 2000 Guineas. Um, impressed, not impressed by Paddington, and also how do you compare it to our own Guineas here at Newmarket? Uh, um, yeah, I, I kind of liked Paddington. I liked him before the race, to be honest, but the, the form book suggests he shouldn't have been winning that that Irish 2000 Guineas, really. He was beating 90 rated horses at a lower level, um, but he's very progressive. He's got a high head courage. Perhaps he was only doing just enough before he ran in that particular race. Um, he's recorded the figures to suggest that he's a, he's a decent horse. I think four of our runners from the English Guineas went over, Royal Scotsman being the biggest flop of them all. Um yeah, I don't. I don't know how what I feel. How I feel about the three-year-old classic 
races this season. I think they're a bit light on quality. Yeah. Um, I think Chaldine and the English Guineas is probably one of the only horses to turn up. I think a lot of other horses, including Kev's Indestructible, didn't didn't give their run in. I think there's there's a case you can make for lots of those down the field. We've just seen little Big Bear come back out, drop back to sprinting. Noble Star came back looking like he wants seven at Newbury, but he, you know, he didn't he didn't really run his race. Um, yeah, and perhaps it was, I'll put Royal Scotsman up last Saturday as, as I thought he was a bit of a banker. And perhaps it was a bit naive of me to think that without taking into consideration how many horses underperformed in the English 2000 guineas. Yeah. Um, he looked like, Royal Scotsman looked like a non-stayer to me at the Curra. And it's funny because last year he looked like a bit of a non-stayer at a mile and yeah. he came out in the guineas and he looked like he wanted further than a mile in an English guinea. So it's very confusing. Um I don't. I don't think it's it's a great crop of of classic contenders this year, in my opinion. Um, but it's what we've got, and a yeah. lot of the time you you make the mistake of because it's not a great crop, you make a mistake of conti- continuously trying to take them on, but you're taking them on with lesser horses that haven't been put into those big races. Does that make sense in a way? Yeah, you have to accept that the whole bunch of them is at a lower level rather yeah. than trying to find the next one to step up to the level that we want them to be at. Exactly, exactly that. And punters can make a big mistake of, um, and I do it myself, it's continuously trying to take those guineas horses on with, because we know that they're not that great, but they are the best of a bad bunch anyway. So, yeah, I think that interesting. It'll be interesting to see how some of some of the others from the English 2000 come out on better ground, different circumstances. What mm-hmm. I, I think is fair to say is actually the, the craven form is probably better. I know with the foxes coming out and winning the Dante, that helped, but it, it looks a, a better bunch of form than actually the 2000 guineas itself. Now, take away the winner, Indestructible, who, who got bumped out the stalls and never managed to get to a prominent position, didn't really enjoy the ground. Other than that, the form all in behind him is pretty rock solid. So yeah. there may be, I'm not saying that they're an, an elite, elite bunch by, by any means, and I'm not convinced that the foxes will stay up and trip again but i just think that the craven form is pretty solid and maybe there's a couple from that race that did run in the guineas that are worth following going yeah, forward on, could take that step know, forward on ground ground. And, yeah yeah totally so, agree okay interesting be interesting to see what happens st james's palace could give us a few more answers a few of these are probably going to meet better ground different track um so we might learn a bit more about the three-year-old colts um we were lucky at Newmarket and at the car. We didn't have too many lunatics trying to ruin racing, running onto the track or, you know, bringing this powder paint out everywhere and trying to make a scene and showing themselves off, whatever. Uh, but that could potentially be a problem at Epsom this weekend. We know that Animal Rebellion are deciding that they're coming with their thousands to try and stop the derby. I have read, and don't get me wrong, I don't believe a word that these people say, um, that they have... Because of what happened with the National, they said they're not going to be on the track when the horses are there because obviously they don't want to be sort of seen as being the cause for the problem with the horses. So I don't really know when they're planning to sort of come into the track. I imagine that means whilst the horses are in the paddock only. Um, uh, I mean... I just think public opinions turned against them now uh, after the National. I do think public opinions turned against them and now they're trying to say oh, well, we won't go on the track to do that because we don't want to affect the horses. We're here for the horses. Are oh, they? Fuck. They're not there for the horses. <laughs> they ain't there for anybody other than their own agenda to push um, other sort of uh, agendas that they've got elsewhere in the in the, in the the dairy 
dairy business and etc. It's it's just absolute nonsense. I just I just think uh, one thing that did bug me about the Grand National was that that we gave them too much coverage on TV. You yeah, know, we should have we should have preempted that was going to happen, which we, which was, was spoken about all week, and we should have perhaps used that opportunity on TV to play something about it, within a horse yard. You know, whether it be you know, for example, let's say um, the camera following your dad around around the yard and showing the well, the, the grooms and everyone looking after the horses. Like, there, yeah, there was yeah. a good opportunity there, right? So I just hope that they're preempting that this week um, and don't give them the sort of airtime they're craving for because that's yeah. As soon as they get the airtime, they've done their job. But anyway, they 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 drive me insane, Meg. They're they're not they don't give a toss about horse racing. Put it that way. They're they're just there for their own sort of political agenda. But yeah. I think it's frustrating for us who you know understand horse racing properly, understand the level of care, the treatment that goes into these horses. I mean. There's no talking yeah. to them though. Like you, you wouldn't no, be able to. They don't to actually want them. to learn. Yeah, there's such a that that's what happens when you get an extremist sort of mindset. Like mm. they don't want to learn, they're not interested. They've they've made their agendas clear and that's that that's them. So I don't think we should be sort of pandering to them. I think we should be coming down on them with us with a strong fist. And I think the jockey club taking out an injunction this week, I think, is a big, big positive for horse racing, which means yeah. that if they get on the track, they're gonna be arrested, they're gonna be fined or imprisoned for doing so. Um, and I think that we should be every course should be taken more sterner action when it when it comes to that sort of thing do you think in t- just just relating it to the racing do you think that the clerk of the course is going to be under a little bit more pressure this week to keep that ground on the um sort of on the on the good safe side rather than having rattling quick ground just because of the amount of pressure from the animal uh, rebellion group and and the mm. odds that are going to be on the on the track i don't, I don't think he, i don't think he'll be feeling pressure just because of them he'll want the ground to be as safe as possible regardless you know he's going to want yeah. the, it to be as, as suitable for everyone as he possibly can get it now if they can water to maintain good good to firm in places or good firm good in places that is what they i imagine will be aiming to do um it's the biggest meeting epsom have obviously all year so his job building up to this no matter what the animal lunatics want to do is to have the best ground possible for his racing and for the the horses that are performing there so i don't think he's going to feel added pressure just because of them and he shouldn't either um you know he knows what he's doing he's there to get the ground right and um i'm sure it won't be an issue at all you know we know epson's a quirky track and i think the ground is not going to be an excuse i think it'd be you know as we know do they handle the track or not rather than i don't think we can be playing uh the ground to be too much of a problem you know that what can we do when the weather's nice like this you know there was a, to be fair, I'm not a million miles away. Had a, had a bit of rain last night, anything like that. And it's still co- co- you know, cold enough in the morning, quite heavy dews. So there's moisture in the ground, which makes it easier for the clerks to keep that sort of good, even if it's in places there. Um, yeah. And I think that's important. But they'll be watering and they'll be making sure that the ground is suitable and as you know proper as they can possibly get it for, for a massive weekend ahead. Who, who, do you, uh, who do you think wins the Oaks then? Have you got a strong fancy in, in, in that race or...? Well, so Oaks is interesting. Obviously, the decorations are out. The stall, um, the stall numbers are, are also out. So, I, I think it's really tricky. Once again, at the moment, I'm struggling to find a really sort of elite um, filly in this division. We could well have one, but I think it's it's still hard to work out at the moment. I've been impressed with Running Lion. I thought she was pretty good at Newmarket. Thinks um, you'll stay. Well, the way she ran through the line and up the hill at Newmarket, I kind of think she will. Um, 
obviously it's another step up in grade. It's that step up in trip. She's handled a quirky track in Newmarket. So I can't imagine that Epsom will be too much of a problem for her. She went and had a gallop on the um, morning with the stars. Uh, what was that a week ago or so? Yeah. So I think, you know, I think there's lots of positives about her. I, yeah, I, 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 I think I like she's her, the one that at the moment I feel kind of safest with. Yeah, I like her head carriage, very much Roaring Lion head carriage, getting that head down and really sort yeah. of, like, you know. Surprise. Yeah. She's, she's got a real yeah, honest, in. good attitude. Do you not like save the last dance then? Obviously, the 22-length victory at Chester last time. Is that too good to be true, in your opinion? I think it's so hard to work out, isn't it? I mean, you're going from Chester to Epsom, totally different. The ground is totally different. You can't not be impressed with the way that she quickened up. Um, but I think it's one of those, if she went and stormed home, you'd be like, you know, she's exceptional. Fair enough. Yeah. But at the same time, I find it really hard to read into her form properly because she won by so far. Ultimately, did she beat anything that has that much depth? Mm. Absolutely not. She didn't beat exactly. anything. Like the right the, the race beforehand was 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 poor anyway. Mm. Um, the the ground conditions were, were were obviously very very testing. A lot of these unproven in it. There's the door finished second. She came she she reared at the stall at the stall. She lost about six seven lengths at the start. She picked up onto the tail of, of the field. Now I'm just everyone keeps saying like she quickened up really smartly, saved the last time. Oh, it just happened at the time when the camera angle swung right round, and I don't know if that just emphasised it a little bit just to. Sh- like to to put it right in front of your face that she had quickened past horses, but I do think a lot of them were stopping, and I do think the twenty two lengths at Chester is just a bit too good to be true, really, isn't it? She's not your pick, then. No, I, I kind of like Soul Sister for 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 Frankie. I'm hoping that Frankie could do the double this weekend. To be honest it would with be you, be amazing. Yeah, it would be fantastic. Um, but Soul Sister, I just loved what she did at at, at York. I thought the yeah. was far more reliable. Um, she she hit the line very very hard there. I thought it was such a such a step forward from her. Obviously, the flop at Newbury was blamed on the ground. I'm not entirely convinced. No, so I actually was at York when she when she won, and I ahead of it. I thought, well, she won her maiden on soft, and yeah. then she won an absolute shocker at Newbury on soft. Yet the ground was blamed. And I thought mm, red flag. Yeah. And I kind of went against her. I know she was on better ground. She stepped right up in trips, three furlongs up in trip. She's stepping up, obviously, now again. But I was a bit like, oh, I don't know. But you can't help but be impressed with what she did. But then that's still, you know. That reliability factor. Yeah, there's still yeah, there's, that question. You don't trust I don't her, do know. You? you don't trust her. Well, that's I a fair, that's yeah, a fair point. This is, the, this is the problem. Like I said, we... We just don't have one that is standing out massively above all the rest. And so I think it's still so open. And I think we're going to learn a lot on the weekend. But, you know, normally coming into the Oaks and the Derby, we sort of have one that you're really quite strong on, really mm-hmm. fancy, looks the elite of the bunch. But at the moment, I just don't think we necessarily have that. Do you know what? I get the feeling from you that you're very much about patience on the flat, aren't you? You're very patient with the a lot of these horses, whereas as a punter for me, I'm like, I want to back her, I want to win. If she flops, right, that's it, I'm done with her. Yeah. On. Whereas you will give these horses three to six months' time and and unearth a, a spectacular horse that was beaten three times in their first three runs. Do you know what I mean? Which yeah. Quite interesting. Quite possibly. I think it depends like on every horse, you know, like I say, but when you're talking about horses that are running over a bigger distance, then... Yeah, they, they do take time to mature. And um, I, I think it's also fair to say when Soul Sister ran at Newbury that the Gosden team weren't 
firing. They weren't definitely mm-hmm. um, running as well as they necessarily are now. And a few of them possibly were needing a run. But I, I'm just, I, I think a little bit that maybe a few of them were a bit under the weather. Because although they kept having one or two pop in, which kind of made you think, oh, well, the yard's fine. They still have one or two winners. They weren't running that many, which makes me think they're not wanting to get that many out because maybe there's something, a little bug, whatever it is around yeah. the yard, whether they, like John said, because of, um, you know, how, how wet it had been, that they hadn't been able to get them out on the grass and therefore they hadn't done enough. So maybe some of them weren't quite fit. You know, I just think yeah. that the yard itself wasn't absolutely flying when uh, Solstice ran at Newbury. And I think, you know, that is another way to look at it is, okay, dismiss that. They weren't in form. Now they are in form. And she's gone and absolutely bolted up in the Musora. She wins. Talking of forgiveness, August Rodan. No. How forgiving are you really? No. no. Out. Strike a line for him. Can't win. Uh, <laughs> is gone. that what we're saying? Yeah. Yeah, look, I think you're, you're braver than me to take take the five to two uh, at the top of the market. The, the money's come for him this week, obviously, with a lot of um, Aidan's popping back in after uh, poor performances previously last weekend. Like it's a little big bear, but this is this is tough to forgive. I, I don't even if you do forgive the two thousand guineas run. I'm not entirely convinced he has the best form in the race anyway. Before that, I didn't. Um, I wasn't impressed by him in the paddock at New, Newmarket. Really. Um, yeah, he he didn't look to have improved physically. He didn't look to have have grown. He didn't he didn't do it for me. I yeah, he didn't do it for me at all. Um, he obviously massively underperformed. The the confidence is still massively there from from Aiden, but we've heard I don't it all know. before. And some of his form, like I just don't know that it's that good. Well, it's Doncaster winning the Verton Futurity. He was definitely on the favoured side of the track at Doncaster against Sam. Yeah. That's exactly where you want to be at Doncaster when it's soft. Um, and the fact that Holloway boy that day hung violently to the right, lost about six or seven lengths, came right across the other side of the track and was only beating five lengths, put a little bit of doubt on, on August Rodan for me. Um, I'm looking towards a couple. I've, I've been playing this race in, in the... Um, in the anti-post markets with the with followers of the Betfair Road to Derby column. Um, we're on at White Birch at 33 to 1. Yeah. Um, Colin Key, I think he's a nice horse. I do think um, he'll appreciate the, the step further up in trip today uh, at, at the Derby. The slight concern for me with him at the moment is how he's going to be ridden. He's got a little a few quirks at the stalls, which cause yeah. him to be held, held right up. Drastic hold-up ta- technique at, uh, tactics at Epsom don't normally play uh play the right way in the favor of the punters so i'm slightly concerned about it. colin keen's on though so i'm hoping he could uh hopefully get a bit bit more out of him sit a bit more forward uh arrest is a horse i'm very very keen on i think he could probably be the best of these going forward in the future um obviously there's lots of talk about the ground not being right for him the quicker ground not going to be not going to be in his favor but that two-year-old form at sandown on fast ground is pretty decent behind nostrum beating desert order like I, I think it's, I always find, Meg, I don't know about you, but when horses run it like a Chester or something like that on soft ground, they go and win. They're pigeonholed immediately as soft ground horses. Yeah, possibly. But interesting that Connections felt that he wanted a bit of juice in the ground, not just the public presuming that. Um, that's the only thing. He's a quite a big horse. He's probably quite a heavy horse. Epsom is a quirky track. It's on the camber. Would mm. they be concerned that he might not let himself down on the quicker ground? You know, not all horses... And not, you know, especially these big, stronger, heavier types can handle the camber and the bend very well. So, I what do you make? What do you make of John Gosden saying before the Chester race that he was he, he's thinking he might be more of a, a, an ascot horse? But then I found out that on the day before he had entered him in the arc. 
Well, I think that suggests like that the track is a concern, to be honest. Like, oh, I okay. Think okay, but, that's, but, oh, but, that's fair like, enough. Yeah. They obviously think he's a very talented horse, but you know, if you're saying Asker and if you're saying uh, Longchamp, then I mean, you've got two totally different tracks, much mm. fairer tracks. I'm not Ascot's not flat by any means, but flatter yeah. than Epsom. Uh, and I, I guess the arc, plenty of juice. Asker probably going to be quick ground, but maybe they feel like the quick ground with the track at Epsom isn't going to play to its strengths. That's what I, how I'd be looking at it. That's when a you're very, running very on quicker point. ground at Sandown, you're running up the hill. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a level hill. It's not the camber that Epsom has. So I think that there's that concern. And honestly, if you see him, he's huge. He's an absolute monster. Um, so I can kind of see why they're maybe concerned about the combination of the track and the ground together. That's how I see it. That's from, brilliant. That's um, brilliant insight because I didn't think of that. If I had to push you for a derby winner, who would it be? Oh, I'd really like Passenger. Um, he obviously ran at York in the Dante. I think it have learned an awful lot. Um, the fact that they've supplemented is... A positive for me. Um, so Michael Stell really likes the horse. Richie Kingscott really likes the horse. And he felt as if, if you know, if the gap opened and he could have travelled through at the right time, then he would have taken the beating. And I can see that. But I do think he'll have learned an awful lot there at York. Being in amongst them, being tight in a, in a small space, you need the luck. The gap opened yeah. and shut so quickly he never managed to get through when he did then get through he kind of ran on but it was too late the race was over I just think that stepping up and trip shouldn't be a problem um he will have to settle the first part but they tend to go a nice into stride nicely up the hill to get their position and then they tend to take a little bit of a, a breather yeah. so if that happened I think he'll have had time to relax and drop his head and um, I, I think that he could be the class act, if any, in the in the race. If I was to give you an alarming statistic quickly, just to wrap this up, um, and tell you that every winner of the last 10 derbies had run once, at least once, as a two-year-old, would that put you off, Passenger? No. Fair enough. <laughs> there you go. Passenger wins the derby for me. <laughs> <laughs> No, it doesn't, to be honest, it doesn't bother me. You know, like Sir Michael Stout doesn't rush his horses, patience. He, you know, when they're ready, they'll run. Um, it, yeah, that doesn't doesn't concern me whatsoever, to be honest with you. Um, he Again, he's a horse with size, but he's a bit more athletic. He's a bit um, sort of nippier than, than the likes yeah. of a rest. So to be honest, that doesn't really concern me too much. I do think he's a really athletic horse. And I think if, you know, I think he'll really handle the truck quite well. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree with that. So, yeah, definitely. I just wonder like, if yeah. he'll really want the of the real if he really wants the trip and not ten. No, I mean, if it ends up being a really grueling test, then that probably isn't going to help. But ultimately, like we've got question mark over trip for quite a lot of these. The favourite Augusta Rodin, mm, not sure. Military order, stiff mile and a half, not sure. Passenger, we don't know. The foxes, don't think he stays. Like. Dubai Mile, they are convinced that he'll obviously say, so maybe he's going to want it to be a decent gallop. But, like, where's the really ferocious pace actually going to come from? Because most of these have that question mark. Do they want a stiff, really well-run mile and a half? Probably not. Mm, they might get stacked up coming around Tottenham Corner, and that, that could be an issue for a, a good few of these. Yeah. There okay. you go. Well, who knows? We'll see the old declarations tomorrow, and, and on the stools and the draws will we'll have a bit of an influence, as, as, as we know. But... um. Big racing heads. Hopefully, we found some winners with our eye catchers for the future, and hopefully, we've sort of managed to 
put the world to right and uh, found the Oaks and the Derby winner. <laughs> but we will, we're obviously back. This is a weekly pod every Wednesday. Um, it will also be up on the YouTube as well. And hopefully we'll be back with some more eye catches and some good stories from, from Epsom over the weekend. Obviously a reminder to everyone to gamble responsibly. And I hope you have a really good weekend with lots of winners. <laughs>